Mega Dads Live is a mature-rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! Welcome everyone to Mega Dads Live, your monthly visit to the intersection of where gamer life meets real life, coming to you from the 33rd floor of the newly minted Mega Dads headquarters, located in the heart of our nation's capital, Champlin, Minnesota. A lot's happened since the last episode of Mega Dads Live. It's been a couple of months. I got some catching up to do. Uh, In that time, we've spent a lot of money building this giant tower right in the heart of my small northern suburban Minnesota uh, home. And some people might think, you know, if you're going to build a headquarters, you want to go somewhere like in in the city, somewhere in the center of where everything is happening. But I said, you know, it made more sense for me to create a monument of how much better I am than my neighbors. And uh, I put a moat around this fucker. Like we've got spotlights, neon lights, Right here in the cul-de-sac, and uh, I think it's coming along great. I don't think we've broken any uh, city ordinances. I think we're just doing. I think we're doing fine with a brand new headquarters. I have a uh, a new staff. I've got an assistant named Mabel. Uh, I'm gonna. She's she's actually operating the switchboard right now. Let me see if I can buzz her in. Mega Dad's being super positive. And uh, in traditional Mega Dad's fashion, I pushed the wrong button. So uh, let me try that again and get Mabel on the. There she is, Mabel. Mabel, are you with us? Can you say hello? I'm sorry. You know, Jesus, Mabel, could you just. I'm, I know, I know, we're you were getting off on the wrong foot. I pushed the wrong button, but uh, I, I just wanted to get you, you know, acquainted with the folks. I wanted you to introduce yourself. Maybe tell us a little bit about your weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Two, two at once. That's that's okay. That's a little bit more than what I was looking for, but uh, I appreciate the candor. And um, just stand by, uh, because we're gonna need you to buzz in our co-hosts, starting with the one, the only, William Schultz. He's joining me, he's the first of our two new co-hosts. He's a three-time Pulitzer Prize winning author, known for his biographical work on Vermont's most renowned botanists. William, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, just finished up a very important meeting with Jeffrey Plant Ass, and he, yeah, it's going to be a good book. Yeah, this is this will be your fourth, correct? Your fourth book? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it'll be the fourth published book. I still need to find a publisher for my erotic fan fiction. Oh my! <laughs> Can I ask you something? Now I know okay. I know when you first joined Team Megadads, I I added an unnecessary T to your last name, Schultz. <laughs> but I need to know proper pronunciation. Is it Schultz? Is it Schultz? 
Is it Schulze? It's the second one. It's, it's Schulze, yeah. Schulze. Everyone okay. puts the T in it, though. You're not alone. Is is that like the is that kind of like the Berenstein Bears thing? You know, where it's like everybody thinks like they've got like the hive mind of Schultz should have the T, even though it's never had the T. Does the Charlie Brown creator does he have the T? No, he doesn't. See, in my head, in my head, there's always a T, but there's probably never been a T, right? This is probably just some. I mean, there is a spelling of that name with a T. There are some T's. Yeah, just you know, mine they're, doesn't have it. They're the they're the lesser of the Schulz clan. Yeah. All right. We had our T stripped from us in the 1400s. <laughs> so the T perhaps is like a status thing. Oh, it absolutely is. Okay. All right. It's also a sex thing. I don't understand that, but we're gonna move on. We're gonna welcome the second of our co-hosts. He's joining us fresh off of a six-month stay in prison for his part in trafficking black market South Egyptian prize kittens. Please welcome Tony Baloney. Tony, how's things? What's up, everybody? Adam, I have no idea how you're getting all the money for this. Are you cash rich? Well, This new construction here? What is this? I'm super pumped to be here. You know when you get a new puppy and they're like all excited and they end up just pissing on your carpet out of joy? That is me. I am that new puppy and this podcast that mm. I'm about to piss all over is mm -hmm. the carpet. Okay, I'm saturated in urine. Uh, I am so excited. This place is fantastic. It, it's got toilet paper in the bathroom. Right. I can't even believe it. I've never been this fancy in my entire life. Like, Megadad's is getting bigger and better, and you're investing and all that stuff. I mean, you're probably embezzling, but fuck it, right? I am so excited. And, you know, that cat thing, I'm the, look, these kittens were, you know, in need of a buyer. Mm -hmm. And I'm just the middleman. And all of a sudden, they pass these laws mm -hmm. that are completely out of bounds. I thought this was America mm -hmm. slash New Guinea and that mm -hmm. you could do anything within reason. I mean, it's just a transaction. Anyway, you get in trouble here and there for some <laughs> some some near priceless cat uh, dealings. Oh. And all of a sudden, you're out and the world tastes fresher. Yeah. I, I appreciate life more. Don't you understand this, Adam? I, mean, I am better for it. I'm, I'm reformed. You see this face? I, reformed. You know, I just, before you before you go too far um, and get too excited, I just want to say that um, that's that's my personal bathroom you were in. We've, we've got a special one for you. It's down the hall to the left. Um, it looks like a closet. But like the newspaper on the floor, like that's. You're talking about that place with the bucket. Yeah, that's that one's yours. The the, the one the one with the with the uh, the gold plated bidet, that's that's for my bee hole. Yours mm. yours is down the hall. But I mean, you know, so... it's nice. It's new. It's it's this weekend's newspaper. Hmm. So all right. So there's like a a class system going on here. Well, I mean. I don't want to. I don't want to say this is. I mean, like Will's got his tea, like his tea that he had taken away, and uh, you've got your. Well, well, you're you. I mean. So you you, you built all this. Yeah. And, for, and the way me. you did it was cutting corners, and anything you're not going to be around. Well, I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, classic. I, it's for it's for me. You you got you got the you got the, the room. There's all a right. there's Mr. a Bologna, Mr. Poloni, you're fresh out of prison. There have to be some measures in place we don't want you getting too comfortable too quickly 
Why is why is my microphone slimy? Is this a used microphone? Yours oh, is that, new. Oh, wait, that's no, that's that's not a microphone. Oh, that's that's Mabel's. Uh, you, yeah, you might want to not put your mouth too close to that. It smells like Marlboro cigarettes. I got I've got something exciting to talk about before we get into the uh, the business. Um, the other day, I was having lunch at work. My my very low priced lunches that I like to you know I I, I got food on a budget because I can afford all of this gold plated bathroom stuff. Um, and I was eating myself some Chef Boyardee ravioli, and oh, I had love a, it. I had a life changing moment with this ravioli that I want to share with you guys, and maybe you can weigh in on this. Um, little ravioli cup, you know, like a dollar at Cub Foods. Heat that sucker up for 30 seconds and it's good to go. But I'm eating this ravioli and lo and behold, it was it was ravioli with meatballs. Which mm. I which I don't think is a thing because like the, the cup didn't say anything about meatballs. But like mm. these were some straight up spaghettios ass meatballs mixed in with my ravioli. And did you buy the cup in the store or from the guy in the parking lot in front of the store? Well, no, no, no. He's the guy who supplies me with my meth. This was definitely from inside the store. But I was like, first of all, I was concerned because like that's not anytime you buy a food and it's not the actual food that you bought. Like that's concerning. But also it's free meatballs. I am not one to, you know, decline putting mystery balls in my mouth. So I just down the hatch it went but i thought that was amazing so you're thinking that it was an accident this, a factory this, accident this stuff that shouldn't be in your food is uh-huh. in your food and then you're thinking bonus yes yes like, definitely definitely so if i have a couple of quick follow-up questions okay mm. about what you would consume if you found it unexpectedly if, yes. let's just say you're opening the a gallon yes. of milk you're opening a gallon of milk and there's a hot dog just yep. bouncing around yeah. in the gallon. You're Score. eating the hot dog. Yeah, because I didn't pay for it. So, like, in the mouth it goes. You're going to chug that sucker like the worm in is a that, tequila bottle, you're saying? Is that not okay? Is that the not right, is that the, the, not, not right no, thing No, I do? mean, you never eat the worm. No. Jeez. Uh, you're supposed to redeem it later for bar credit. <laughs> <laughs> our, our family was at uh this restaurant uh-huh. for just a you know pizza outing and you know it's a decent place and there's all these benches set up and you know we're there and when we walk in there was like uh, a big family coming out and they're there and you know we're getting our food ordering and um <laughs> there's like they left all of their party stuff on the table like the mm. you know a couple cups i think they had you know like a uh, a little like uh, cake there and a few other things but you could tell that a party had just walked out yes uh, we may have even bumped into them so lo and behold my family like has their eye on the table and uh, and they're like oh look at look at that cake <laughs> and they they're like that cake looks really good and this cake I mean, you know, the the story's gonna change depending on who you tell, but it's let's just say it's half eaten, right? And I wouldn't even say it's untouched all around for certain. 
So they're talking about eating the cake. They're like, well, let's eat that cake. Let's take some of that cake. That looks good. This woman comes back in and she goes to grab her coat. And she's like, oh, I forgot my coat. And she notices that, that like, my family's, like, eyeing the table. She goes, oh, did you want this? <laughs> like, were you what? going to take our cake? We were just going to leave it. And, you know, in my peripheral, like, I'm trying to not be seen at this point. This is embarrassing. <laughs> like, what are you doing? So they proceed. You know, it was a quick interaction. She's in, she's out. You know, she didn't care. She's like, oh, these people are not going to take our cake. They proceed to eat what I call to this day stranger cake off the table next to in this pizza thing. And I'm like, you weren't in the, you know, if we were in the room kind of right next to them and we say, man, they were here for a short time. No one was sneezing on it. Nothing. That's like like secondhand COVID cake, dude. They claim that it was the best tasting cake, you know, ever. And, you know, free cake does taste pretty good. I thought it was nasty, but I mean, Adam, you would fit right in. Yeah, I probably cake. would. I probably would have ate the cake first. Of, first of all, I'd done, done some serious judging of the people as they left because, like, their Absolutely. hygiene and 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 you know how attractive they were would definitely factor into if I would put my mouth on that cake. They clean nothing. You know, it's one of those situations where it's like, why didn't you throw any of this away? They were like in a rush or whatever. But I don't know. Dead giveaway that they can't be trusted leaving cake around. No, I'm going to say that's a dead giveaway that they are probably they at least see themselves as well to do. That's servant <laughs> work. That's servant work. <laughs> so, you know, it's probably a nice it's cake. probably a nice cake. <laughs> wow. All right. You got that. They got, got that, that leave half, half a cake, cake money. money. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, that's like my goal. I would love to have leave half a cake money. <sighs> would you? Would you? Let's be honest. Would you ever leave half a cake? I mean, no. It's my cake. Right. Exactly. Well, okay. Let's get into the business. We have so much stuff to do in this show, and we're gonna start the new Mega Dads Live with something a little upbeat. We're going to do our super positives every single episode at the top of the episode. And it goes a little something like this. Mega Dad's being super positive. Antonio, Tony, whatever the fuck you want to be called. Can you give us something that's bringing you energy, something that's bringing you joy? Start the podcast. Uh, In prison, they called me Wanda, so we can go with that. I... I'm super pumped to be breathing free air again. Like I said, the sweet smell of spring is in the air and it's just great. I mean, after being cooped up, you know, like first it was COVID and then it was lockup and I I just haven't been up and about very much. And, you know, I'm super positive of the weather change, you know, over here in Chicago. um, I know it's really beautiful where you are. we're in, the, we're in the same place. We're in this lovely luxury. I mean, some people would claim that Chicago is the heart midland of America and Minnesota is basically Canada. I mean, you're going to be annexed any day now. Getting back to the point, Chicago is just not very nice most of the year, except for right now. So I'm really pumped about that. Because of all the murder? I'm super, I'm super jazzed. You see, the thing about the, the death and destruction around you is it's only, it's only going to affect you if uh it affects you directly and then if not it's out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. so um yeah I, i'm having a really great time uh here right now with the weather change and it's bringing a little skip in my step you know 
Fantastic. Will, what is your super positive of the month? Uh, my super positive of the month is I've been diving back into anime and manga again. Um, I am I am a medicated man now. I'm a different person. And I'm reconnecting with a bunch of old interests that I had. That just mean you're and high? <laughs> it can be both. It okay. Can be two okay. It can be two things. A cocktail. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Most of the time. It's fine. I have a med card. It's still medicine. Um, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I've been getting into um, some shows that I watched growing up, watching it with my kid. I'm watching some brand new shows that are still coming out with like the wife. I'm watching some by myself. I'm just having a real good time with it. I need, I'm going to need to talk to you off mic or maybe a little bit just really quick here. Okay. So I had anime experience in the 90s and that was it. Like, I watched anime in the 90s, shit like uh, Gunsmith Cats and nice. um, You're Under Arrest, Oh My Goddess, Wings of Omniamus, Akira. You know, I kind of dabbled into a little bit of everything in the 90s, and then I stopped. And I've been thinking okay. recently, like, this anime is pretty readily available to anybody now, but I don't know how to jump in at this point, because... My, my recollection from the 90s is it's either going to be pretty standard PG fare or it's going to be hardcore porn and violence. <laughs> and there's no middle ground. So I might need some recommendations from you later. Think think on it right now. Um, well, that's good because like literally at the caboose, I'm recommending like my current favorite. Perfect. That's what I'm here for. All right. My super positive is simple. I like onions. Mm. Gross. Uh, I could elaborate. Um, we we've so recently cooked raw. Oh, raw, 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 raw yellow, raw, white. Raw. Get into the details. So you know, like apples. So I'm tempted. We've been doing Hello Fresh recently in my house. I got it from my wife for oh, her birthday, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and pretty much every dish comes with either an onion or chives, mm -hmm. and chopping those things up. The smell of it as your your face is just like dripping tears and, and snot because of the uh, chemical release of chopping an onion. There is something about an onion that just straight up gets me hard. And I don't know what it is, um, but I love onions. And that's all I'm going to say about it. You were uh, assaulted by an onion farmer in your trip to the pumpkin patch when you were like four and yeah. this is disturbing and AF. It's, it's like it's locked deep away in the recesses of my mind but the smell of an onion just stimulates me in a way that nothing else does oh, this is so disturbing okay so you let's break it down a little yeah. bit you're uh -huh. you're the cutting motion of the onion or the smell specifically like everything I, I i like i like the smell of it i love the taste of it i put i put diced onions on all my burgers um when when you go to a ball game and you walk into the concourse and you yeah. have that smell of grilled onions in there what kind of feelings and thoughts are going through your head in that time uh i need to excuse myself from the ball field oh. before i get arrested uh, <laughs> my <God. laughs> i just like on, i just like onions they're great like no, them. this is not I like onions. No, this, this is, is this you. Is, you need to be studied. Hey, All right. You know, if if I if I find great pleasure from a vegetable, you know, that's that's don't kink shame me. There's this uh, great anime called uh, Veggie Tales. <laughs> you have to watch it. Okay. You have to you have to see some onions on display. 
in that show. Just a little recommendation for you. Every single episode of Mega Dads Live, we also get a hot take. And that is, this is going to be interesting with three-player hot take. I'm just going to say that right now. Every episode, we get a consumable, both Will, Antonio, and myself. If we want to air some sort of strong opinion and nobody gets gets even a word in, we just want to put it down. It's law. We're going to spend a hot take. You're going to hear this sound. That becomes Mega Dad's law, and we get to exert that take. I think we're going to get a lot of that today. I saw Antonio put his hot take in the ledger officially like two weeks ago. Uh, he's got some strong opinions on stuff. And that is how... Wait. Antonio. Okay. I'm sorry. I was just reading your note there. That's the Mega Dad's hot take. We also have the Mega Dad's dictionary term. This is a long-standing game that we play on Mega Dad's Live, where every single month... I peruse the internet, the, 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 the dark reaches of the internet to find some sort of terminology that we can use that the young kids say, because, I mean, I know on the panel I'm like the oldest of the olds, but like, would you guys consider yourself to be hip with the kids these days? I Not wasn't hip all. with the kids when I was the kids. All right. <laughs> We're all pretty anti-social uh, ingrates, so we don't know what's going on in the world, and Megadeth's dictionary term is a way for us to connect with the greater outside world uh, and then we get to use those terms throughout the course of the episode and we get a magical point it's gonna sound like this that means we use that dictionary term correctly uh and then uh you know this would usually be the part of the show where i would throw it to my co-host and say antonio if we get enough of these points what would we get in uh as f- some form of celebration you get a lifetime supply of expired saltine crackers. How do you tell if a saltine is expired? They're pretty much always expired. <laughs> there is a date. There is a date on them. And also, if you bite into it uh-huh. and your tongue starts to go numb about three seconds later, mm. you're you're definitely in that expired territory. Now you're not going to die, right? But you will trip if you eat enough of them Got so it. you know if you're listening to this and you're in dire need of some of of, of a trip mm. go ahead and ingest as many expired <laughs> buy a saltine crack. let it stay out for two years and then you can complete your trip i think it's just <laughs> all the salt that dehydrates you to the point where you're almost dead today's dictionary term is You fuck one goat. Yay! And uh, let me just explain what you fuck one goat means. It's not a directive. It's not like me instructing you to fuck a goat. It is the expression dating back as far as man has been stuffing his junk into farm animals. You fuck one goat means there are some things that we do that we must carry with us no matter the good deeds you do or the people who love you. This can all be overshadowed by one horrific deed. So, you know, we all have things we're not proud of in our life, and uh, it always bubbles back to the surface. And no matter how much you try to be a good person, you know, you always fuck one goat. That makes sense, guys? Yeah, it's like a more fun version of Milkshake Duck. Milkshake Duck? Yeah, Milkshake Duck is this principle, this concept. Um, You know, there's that one bad thing 
in everybody's history. And the idea is like, oh, everybody's fallen in love with this duck who drinks milkshakes online. But then it turns out that the duck is racist. <laughs> the internet is a strange, strange Oh my God, place. I don't even know. So, I mean, I guess, I guess fucking a goat is more fun than a racist animal. I guess. Yeah, I mean, ducks are fucked up, Adam. <laughs> what? And finally, we have one more game that we are adding to our Mega Dad's game ledger, and that's called Podcast Timeout. Now, this is something that can only happen once per episode. Basically, what this means, if two out of the three hosts hear the other one say something that is so profoundly and undeniably stupid that is not protected by a hot take, we can place them on podcast timeout. So, for example, if Antonio says that Mario Golf 64 is a much better game than Switch Sports, Will and I can place him on a podcast timeout. And then he just has to sit there for two minutes and he can't speak because he's grounded. Because the best part about being a dad is grounding your kids for doing something stupid. <laughs> okay. All right. With that out of the way, it's time to talk about some games. We've been going on a long time and we've got a lot of games to talk about. I think we're going to start with the game that we just mentioned. Nintendo Switch Sports is a sports party game developed and published by Nintendo and available right now for the Nintendo Switch. Will, yes, I want you to kick off this conversation about whatever this game is called. It doesn't matter because basically Nintendo put bowling back on, on my docket and I'm happy about that. Talk to us a little bit about Switch Sports. Switch Sports is exactly what I wanted it to be. It's more of what I loved about Wii Sports. It's six games, volleyball, soccer, badminton, tennis, bowling, and a sword fighting game that I do not remember the bizarre name they gave it. Cal Calabra or something? Chambara. It's, Ch it's Chambara, I think. Is Chambara. Is. Yeah. They, Candelabra. I don't know why they bothered to give it that name, because like I think it even says like Chambara, like parentheses, sword player, sword fighting. <laughs> <laughs> this is the sword game, okay? Uh, um... I'm having a real good time with it. Um, that experience with Wii Sports Bowling has definitely given me an edge in the online bowling battle royale mode that I enjoy. It's my favorite so far, I think. Though, I've played a bit of the soccer now, and I think that's really interesting, too. Um, it's, like, it's like slow Rocket League where you don't have to learn how to fly. So it's taken it's taken the biggest hurdle for Rocket League away from me. So I'm I'm enjoying it even if I do spend about half the game yelling at my teammates who cannot hear me because they're grouped up around the ball like a bunch of fucking kindergartners. <laughs> but, uh, no, Antonio, I, are you playing this game? No, um, I'm a you know avid Switch fan as as up to uh, when it started going downhill like about four years ago um, and since then I haven't really dabbled too much uh, in the recent stuff so I'm very interested in you are interested the, in this though yeah 
I would play something that really, you know, gets you back on board. Obviously, come bring back the heyday of, you know, motion controlled sports is like one of the crowning achievements of Nintendo. So did they nail it again? I guess that's the big question. And if Antonio could be ignorant for a second, uh, we got to add that as a segment. Antonio is ignorant. Boo. Uh, how does the motion control work? Is it it's it's Joy-Con, Joy-Con based? based? Like, does it come with a strap you put on your leg and all that? It okay. The physical version does come with a strap you put on your leg, but you can only. I think it only works for like one very specific mode of soccer. Oh, like, it's not required for non... most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a specific mode if you buy the physical version that you're allowed to play. Yeah, but um. Oh, very Nintendo. See, here, this here's, is the four-year fuck-up thing that I don't keep talking about. Here, here is here's my um. I'm going to try this out. I haven't done it yet, but here's here's my recommendation for if you don't have the strap. Um, wear <laughs> pants with pockets. Would that not get you the same result? I mean, probably. I haven't messed with that one. So I want to I want to try pockets. See if that works. Go for it. <laughs> I got some cargo shorts that I'm ready to break in. I'm just ready for that. I I personally think that the motion controls I mean, it it, it is Wii Sports again. It it operates exactly the same. It's it's pretty basic stuff. There aren't any button presses that are really integral, except for bowling for some reason. I find this really interesting. In the old bowling version, you would hold the trigger and release it as you release the ball. But in the new version, you have to keep the trigger held down. It's kind of like yep. reversed. But I think that's the only I think that's the only thing that you have to hold any button for in the game. Am I right? Uh, I think you're right. I In badminton, you can hold a button and do a drop shot where the shuttlecock just barely goes over the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, it yeah. yeah, it's fun to say shuttlecock. I enjoy saying that. I'm glad we got to bring that up. So you're, you're, you're telling me that they assimilate your fingers going in the hole? Is that what they're going for, Adam? Are they trying to make the finger going into the hole realistic? Yeah, that's... Yeah, get it out now. Get it out now. <laughs> well, no, you don't get it out. You have to hold the button down. My goodness, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys something really embarrassing about uh, Switch Sports, and besides the fact that I struggle with the name greatly, um, I am experiencing an extremely sore shoulder after playing some very vigorous volleyball. Um, I'm I am exerting myself way more than I need to in this game. <laughs> and like I can remember back to the the days of the Wii when Wii elbow was like a thing, and everybody, ha ha, these these old bastards can't play video games without hurting themselves. After playing this game pretty much all day yesterday, as much as I could, this morning I woke up and my shoulder fucking hurts from spiking a fake volleyball in a video game. Anybody else? Will you got this at all? Um, I certainly do get some muscle fatigue when I play it for a while. Uh... I tend to stop so that that doesn't happen to me. I don't stop. Yeah, you should try stopping. You I like that the, ga- the game like constantly it's like, hey, you know, you've been playing this a long time. Do you maybe want to turn this off? No, it's a little more explicit. It's like, hey, you've been playing for like an hour straight. You good? You sure Adam, you good? Adam, you don't look so good. You should sit down. Your form's getting a little sloppy there, Adam. You getting a little tired? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I, I find that I keep going back to bowling is exactly what you think it is and what you wanted it to be. It's pretty much unchanged. Um, tennis, I find 
really fun. I actually had an experience playing that I've been playing a lot with my son. I've been playing a lot with Elliot, uh, two player co-op. And the tennis is what do they call what do they call duo? What what is doubles? Doubles. Doubles is what they call it. So I'm playing doubles with Elliot on my team. And we had a we had a situation yesterday where I started the match and he immediately had to go take a dump. <laughs> and we're playing online, so like there's no pause, right? So I've right. got two Joy-Cons, one in each hand. One controls <laughs> the player closest to the net. The other controls the player in the back. And so there's a weird, like, old man brain thing where I'm trying to wrap my head around controlling two different characters at the same time. That's a fun little challenge if anybody wants to try that. Uh, I got my ass handed to me. But I, I thought to myself, this would be a fantastic drinking game. Get yourself completely hammered and then try to control two different tennis players at the same time. And then the volleyball. The volleyball I, I enjoy as well quite a bit. I find it really interesting that they chose to include three net games. That's a little weird to me. Like you got volleyball, you got badminton, and then you've got tennis, which are similar. You know, they're, they're different, but they're still quite similar. Um, I find that a very interesting choice. And there are additional sports on the way via DLC. I don't know if that was a leak or an announcement. Uh, right? Golf no, is coming in the fall. Golf, golf, that'll golf. that'll be great. Yeah, I think this game's awesome. Um, I would say my few nitpicks with it are uh, I'm spoiled with the current console generation and the load times. This game, <laughs> this game actively tries to get you out of playing it. Like, there's no way to play a sport and then immediately click replay or play again. It will boot you back to the sport selection screen, and then you have to go through the selection process again. And of course, this is the Switch, so there are load times there. So, I think it would be a much uh, appreciated inclusion if they could just add a quick replay feature, so that you know maybe you want to just keep playing tennis. You don't have to go back out and select tennis every single match. Uh, I find that kind of irritating. And then the other thing I would say is just kind of the character customization seems quite minimal. Um, in an age where, you know, we, we used to play this game playing our me characters. And you can be your me. They look a little freakish uh, compared to the new designs of the uh, Switch Sports characters are much well, they're much better... Uh, um, designed or whatever so like playing a me character in the game looks kind of horrifying in my opinion um but you create it you create a character and you get like there's like three different haircuts um three three different outfits there's not a lot there they give you things like glasses and hats and stuff but i would i would like a little bit more so the technology holds up then it's joy con based and <laughs> it gives you that little extra uh, so it holds up like if you're bowling you can put a little spin on it and all yeah. that because back in the day uh, I think I didn't think I played anything on the Wii U just the regular Wii Sports um, what was very you know very responsive you could do a lot of things uh, you know if you were good enough and it's like that today then yeah hmm. yeah I would say it's I would say it's on par I would say it's not any better but it's exactly how you remember it so like when you're bowling, if you're, you know, sometimes your arm will get a little janky. It won't be quite a smooth movement, but yeah, you can spin the ball. You can throw it hard. Whoops. You can throw it hard. You can throw it slow. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly what I remember the old, the old version. 
Well, it's definitely family friendly then, so that's nice. But I think what would pull me in is it seems like the the best thing it has going for it is the online play, you know, the the battle royale bowling type thing and, and playing against people online. And it's, I'm guessing it's, is there a quick play thing where if like I say, okay, I'm one person playing tennis, I want to play somebody else random who's trying to play tennis. Is it easy to do or oh, yeah. is it some friend code? That's like walled the off de- no, that's like the default is that. Okay, so it's quick. Nice. Yeah, like from the main menu, you've got a mode where you jump online and mm. it'll just put you pick your sport, it'll put you in the hopper and match you up. Like playing with friends is its own like main menu option. Like the main mode that you're going to play and like earn unlockables and stuff, that's just online with randos. It's super easy. That sounds very appealing, actually. And the online, the netcode or whatever you want to call it, is it very laggy? Like, are you fighting like connection speed over here? Or what? I haven't really had a problem with connections. I've had one person rage quit because I was beating him so bad at badminton. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had like... Uh, lag spikes or anything yeah no i haven't either it's this this game is pretty much like will said it's exactly what uh, a fan of wii sports would want in a new iteration and hopefully it's a good foundation to build from i i they could easily just add and add and add to this game and hopefully that's what they do yeah is that dlc gonna be free or we don't know I'm pretty sure it's free. I'm pretty sure. So, we, I don't think we know che- for sure, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be. And this is a cheaper just... game, too. This game was like $40. So. What? Yeah, the digital version is $40. Uh, physical is $50, but you get the leg strap. You know what? You got a sale. There we go. You got it. All right, you did it. Ding, 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 ding. All right, we're going to move on from Nintendo Switch Sports. I want to talk a little bit about a brand new VR game that I've been playing. Moss Book 2 is a VR adventure game developed and published by Polyarch, and it's available right now for the PSVR. All right, real quick. Do you guys have experience with VR? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. All right. Have either of you played Moss? I have. I have not. Okay. I do Oculus. Okay, so Moss is an adventure puzzle game. And it's much in the vein of like an Astrobot or a Lucky's Tale, where instead of you being in the first person perspective controlling the main character, you are looking down on essentially a, a miniature diorama. And each level has these self contained areas that either contain um, enemies to fight or puzzles, environmental puzzles to solve. And it's all presented in a fantasy medieval type setting where all of the main uh, protagonists are small woodland creatures or sprites or fairies. So everything is very miniature, which lends itself perfectly to the diorama setting. Um, you, you as the player are actually um, a celestial, a celestial being known as a reader. You're kind of like a godlike character looking down on the world and you are helping the little mouse character that you control with your PlayStation controller, much like any standard uh, action platformer game. So you use the thumbstick to move the mouse around. Uh, he can attack, he can jump, do all sorts of special attacks, things like that. And as the quote unquote reader, you are looking down on this world from on high. So it's really, really cool. I find third person adventure in VR to be like some of my favorite VR because it just utilizes the environmental awareness so well. Like there's 
there's one thing to be in the player's shoes and to feel like you're there. And there's another another feeling entirely to look down on this little world as an observer. And I think that's what Moss does so incredibly well. Um, Moss Book 2 is pretty much exactly what the title sounds like. It is a direct continuation from the original Moss. So if you haven't played the original Moss, I would definitely recommend playing that first. They do catch you up at the beginning of this game, but it is such a direct continuation. And the story is actually told really well. It's this, like I said, fantasy medieval world where there's little mouse kingdoms and knights and magic beings, and there's this underlying story of an evil force that is trying to take control of the world. Um, Moss Book 2 adds a lot of really interesting gameplay elements. Um, in the original Moss, it was a very linear experience where you started the game from level 1 and you were on a journey from point A to point B. Moss 2 actually puts you uh, in the castle that you end the original game on and that acts as your hub world to connecting um, portals and different levels. There's like a snow level, there's a forest level, um, there's a mine level, and you always return to this castle with the new power-up. So it kind of has a little bit of a castle roids experience where you use your new uh, sets of features and weapons to unlock new areas in the castle, all while advancing the story. And I would say that the story is probably my biggest surprise with this game they really stepped up their narrative chops um there are some very emotional moments with the characters in the game and it it builds and builds on the lore and the stakes of the original moss whereas in the original moss you were trying to save your uncle and there was all this stuff happening kind of in the background moss book two puts you very much at the center of this escalating conflict and your understanding of what your protagonist character, Quill, that's the name of the little mouse, and your reader, how they are involved in this growing, uh, this growing, uh, what do I want to say? Conflict in the world. It is really good. Uh, they do a much better job of utilizing the diorama um, to your advantage in the VR space. So there's a lot more crouching and looking under things or peering around corners as the reader. You really get down into that world in this one. Whereas I feel the original mouse, you're just basically static looking at it. Now you can really get in there and find secrets behind caverns and under bridges and things like that. So the more you move as the reader, the more you can unlock and see behind um, behind the curtain. It is just a fantastic experience. It's one of the best VR games that I've played on the PSVR. Uh, that sounds fantastic. I, I'm in complete agreement with you that the top-down diorama style view is is fantastic if you haven't tried vr just as much as like you said being there kind of sells you on it once you're in games like that it's it, it's mind-blowing i know that i've seen some footage of moss and you know just the attention to detail and being able to like move your head forward to get a closer view of things and pan around is just it it's magical when it happens like there are games in vr that i've experienced that have like amazing potential like rts games like a command and conquer top down um there's this amazing DD game in vr where you see the dungeon and move around called a uh, demio d-e-m-e-o and it might be coming to psvr too 
um, which is something that I was going to ask you about. Given that this game has been well received, it's interesting when it came out. Are we yeah. looking at a part three for PSVR two? You think is that kind of lo- locked up? You think? I'm like, sure there will is? be this. This game definitely alludes that there will be a book three. Uh, this will be coming to other VR platforms also, I believe, this summer. The original Moss is available on um, non-PSVR right now. Uh, so this is kind of one of those timed exclusive games. Um, mm. and, and and you talk about the, the the feeling of like being there and looking down on things. Moss does a really great job of connecting you with the, uh, the main character, Quill. So... Um, she will look at you. She will talk to you. You can move your controller in and like pet her head and scratch your ears. Uh, you can give her high fives after boss fights. So there's there is like a synchronicity there between you as the observer and the little character that you're playing. Where it and they they step that up a lot in this game. Your connection to Quill. Um, so like people who have played Astrobot, they know how cute it is to see Astro running around and he kind of looks and waves at you. Moss does that very very well to make you feel like when bad things happen to the character like you can feel the emotion there and you want to you know you just want to like pick up this little mouse and they you know they they do a good job of making that character so vulnerable as being just a little woodland creature so like when shit happens that you can't stop you feel bad um and you identify and you want to help and 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 um shepherd this character to to victory um yeah, it, it, it's just a really incredible experience and uh, speaks to how VR narrative can be something different than just traditional video game narrative because you feel so present in that world. Sounds dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am a lot more on board now. Um, I played the original Moss and like it was good. I enjoyed it, but this sounds like it really steps up the kind of thing that I really enjoy in those kinds of VR experiences. So yeah, no, that sounds like I'm, I'm way more on board now than I was. Yeah, it's definitely, you'll you'll begin the game and you'll be like, oh, this is more moss. But it doesn't take long for it to really take off and for you to see what they've advanced and what they've refined with that original formula. It's a quick game. Uh, I believe I beat it in four hours, four or five hours. So it's a brief experience like the original moss was as well. But I think that's okay. Um, and, and, and it's definitely a game that you could play. It, it picks up immediately after the first one. So if a person was to binge these games together, it would feel like one continuous experience. Hmm. Okay. So that's Moss Book 2. Uh, we are going to throw it now to Antonio, who is playing a game that I will never touch for as long as I live. Elden Ring is an action RPG developed by From Software, published by Bandai Namco, and it's available now for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. All right, Antonio, you have the floor. Well, you're playing this as well, right? I have played some of it, yes. So you guys can enlighten me of what this game is. So Elden Ring came out um, over a month ago, since, you know, we haven't had a show in just a bit, but it's one of the most beautiful things about it is it's the type of game where you don't have to play it right away uh it's going to be uh taken on in chunks as you have time and that's okay there everyone knows Elden ring is really popular right now like there's a 
lot of people who love from software games period and a lot of people who took a chance on it like me and i'm glad that i did because it is i'm not gonna say accessible because we know that that's you know definitely not it but it's beatable and i played Elden Ring, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> I, I played Dark Souls, I've played Demon's Souls, I've played the Souls games, and I've bounced off most of them. Uh, Bloodborne, um, you know, I haven't gotten very, very deep into it, but the game does give you a lot of mechanics that are much more forgiving. And I would really encourage anyone who likes fantasy games, action games, if you're a fan of Zelda to try it. Like I had, you know, limited time, limited money as we do as dads. And when I asked a friend about it, you know, they were just raving and they're like, well, it's great. And I'm like, oh, so should I get it? They're like, no, <laughs> you don't have the, you don't have the time. And uh, my first check at you know, time played was, I think, 46 hours. Um, but I'm well beyond that now. Really? I must have, yeah, I must have over 80 hours in. And the best thing that I could say about it is that it's incredibly addicting. I think we're all chasing this in, in a world where we have so many options of games and, you know, having Game Pass and being able to taste things and bounce away if you don't like it. You're 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 trying a lot but you're not really sticking with with games through we know like the stats say that most people don't see credits but i see myself rolling credits on this game which sounds crazy because of you know the difficulty and time investment but it really is that amazing what it is is it gives you a big expansive fantasy world um you know a lot of people like it because we have um george r. r martin's influence in there but they do play around with just things that you haven't seen before it's it's without spoiling it there are probably concepts that they tried to put in that this the technology wasn't ready for they just didn't try this new like visual trick uh to to re get fully realized and it's just very interesting what you see one of my favorite parts is the diversity in your builds and what you can fight with so you know you have weapons and magic and ways to block and counter and it's all very methodical and it's all a brown telegraphing attack so you'll see an enemy and if you pay attention you can beat them period if even if they're you know jibungus like the size of a castle and and they're you know hounding you from the sky or they have this insane magic against you as long as you sidestep to the side or roll at this time you can beat them even someone of my skill level which is not good you can get by without even being hit and take down something as long as you're paying attention and don't lose your cool and the rush you get from overcoming gigantic creatures and such dangerous creatures that you know could kill you and uh pretty quick um there's just nothing like it adam so this you is not the it. type of game that you level up then to beat the next boss. It's all just reading it, huh? 
absolutely you you do level up um one of the things of you know from software you know souls games is you earn currency as you kill things right now if you want to go ahead and farm and kill small things until you get a big chunk of money once you hit the threshold you can stop at a checkpoint and level up and one of the things that you can do is level up like just your health so you can take more hits so one of the first enemies in the game that was like a true challenge i you know, you know, knowing about how, how the game worked, worked I, decided I decided that I was going to kind of pound my head at the wall and just really try to beat this guy with low health. And I did that for quite a while. And like many have suggested, you know, you don't have to. So what I did is I came back, you know, an hour later and things were on a much more even keel because I had gotten, you know, three, four levels. And now it felt like a very, again, it was still challenging. But definitely much more doable and you had the added bonus of saying when you really wind up your swing i know that you're gonna hit in a slash down and all i have to do is sidestep and i'll be fine and um i think that the biggest thing that makes the game beatable this time around is there are a lot more enemies that look um they're freakish and you know there's all sorts of animals it's and, like a and, spider and hand thing that i've seen on the internet yeah, a lot there's, there's some stuff that is just like totally wacky and then there's stuff like you know bears and things like that but everything's so interesting looking and surprising and what i love is this time around there's not as many blobs of goo like that you're fighting where you can't tell what's coming down at you they're there there are those types, but something that made me bounce off so many, you know, Souls games before is, okay, I know I'm supposed to dodge this, but I don't know what's coming at me. You have too many tentacles or I can't see. Everything's so dark. This game is very much more um, vibrant. I mean, it's not really the most vibrant thing, but compared comparatively it is. And you can see what's happening. So it's much more easy to telegraph what's coming at you and counter and dodge and do that. And I think that is literally one of the most important things, uh, aside from choosing to bounce off the tougher enemies, um, go around the lands, like you know this is living in that water and this is living in that cave, so I won't go there uh, for a while. And it's it's just, it's amazing. The rush, like I said, of, of overcoming is there. And even a scrub like me who doesn't get good um, I've played like close to 80 hours, something like that. And I've probably seen from what I've been told about 20% of the game. Good uh, Lord. I'm very, I'm very meticulous in like trying to find every upgrade and every item that will help me along the way because I know I'm not good. So, you know, I'm going in prepared when I finally do hit uh, the big bads. Now, what's interesting is like Zelda, right? One of the complaints was you find something like a weapon and you can use it until it breaks this game's downfall in that area is similar in that if i find a skeleton uh group of enemies and they always kind of hang out and spawn here when you kill them you can get their armor and weapons if you get a, a, a drop um and they're pretty I, I would say it's it's not like farming shiny pokemon it's very much like, okay, I spent a little bit of time here and I get your weapon. You will drop it eventually when I kill you. And you start to look cool and your weapons start to do different like cool attacks. And 
And And that's that's all all great. great. It's It's one of my my favorite parts. parts. Uh, All of a sudden, you have an inventory of all types of clubs and swords and different effects. And but when you level up, you really have to plan. Am I going to be a magic? Am I going to have? Am I going to invest? Have a strength high enough to wield this amazing hammer? And similar with like Breath of the Wild, it kind of keeps it from you. So I have a lot of things I can't use. Because I've decided to go the dexterity, quick swords route, and I, I have those. And if I do want to go back and use some of the gigantic axes, I would have to start another character or, um, yeah, respec. And you can't respec for a long time. So it's one of the biggest downfalls. The game has a lot to offer. The enemy variety is just off the charts. You're always seeing something new. And it keeps it fresh. And again, it's addicting. I don't find many games these days that keep me coming back for more. And anyone that you talk to that plays this game, they're investing that type of time, it seems, because it gives you everything's in little chunks. Like you can play for 20 minutes and and you go from the checkpoint and you keep circling out and you have a great time to kill this group, that group, and then you meet the boss, the mini boss, and then you come back and then you say, okay, I'll try again next time. So surprisingly to report, I think it's good for dads. You can pick up and play in little chunks and after a while, your investment will pay off. You will progress. You will keep going to the next land, the next castle, the next thing. You agree Adam, with that, Will? you should try it. Hmm? Does Will agree with that? Um... Yeah, I think so. Um, I will probably throw in the caveat that if you have tried a Souls game before and you really didn't like it, this is not the game that's going to sell you on this concept. It is. It is more forgiving than the other ones have been because one one trope in kind of the other games is the concept of... uh, The only one I can think of the name of right now is like humanity. Like if you die, you become like a hollow and like your HP is like halved until you either kill a boss or go into someone else's world in PvP and kill them or use a special item and then you get all of your health bar. This this game does not do that, thank god. There's no super penalty. There's no like penalty for dying, which is fantastic because you're going to do it a lot. Um uh if so if you're afraid of that and I was a little afraid of that, that's not here. But if you really don't like the idea of the repetition and the idea that these bosses are big and are going to take a lot of your time to get around sometimes, this isn't this isn't going to be the one that sells you on that concept, I don't think. Um, it's a good point. There's, there's stuff I like a lot about it, but if you just hard no on the concept, stay out. The So if you die, um, you get all of your health potions back. You just have to reach the part... Uh, the moment where you died to pick up all your dropped loot, all your money that would help you level up. So you don't want to die twice. You don't want to die, come back with full health and all of your gear and stuff. You have all that, but your currency sitting in a bag, you know, next to the dragon or whatever it is that you died from. So you, what you do is you run in there quickly and pick it up again. And then at that point you can start slashing again and stuff. So there's a way um, to go about it. Sometimes you just double die and you lose like, you know, 30 minutes of, of farming and, and getting currency. But Adam, if you tried it, I think you'd like it. Uh, you like single player games. And I think that feeling like you against a big open um, 
dangerous world is uh, a thrill for anyone, I think. I, <laughs> I I just want to talk a little bit about that world. Um, I love I love the setting in the open world in this game. It's it feels very ethereal and dreamlike in all the best kinds of ways, and. I love it. I love the way it looks. I love that there's little stuff to find. Like, I started the game. I walked out of the tutorial area. I'm looking down over, like, this plane. I see a gigantic dude on a horse with a lance. And I'm like, I am not going to go that way. I'm going to go this way. And I found a little cave tucked into a wall. And it was a whole-ass dungeon in there. And I had a really great time with that. The world is fantastic. If you... If you're on the fence about this, just go ahead because the the world is fantastic. I think. Don't feel the pressure to know going in that you're not going to beat it um, this year. <laughs> you know, just like take it in little chunks and and you'll enjoy it. Um, you know, avoid major spoilers. But there is a whole range of people playing this game that are like me who took the chance they're still not great but are enjoying it in the manageable chunks you know they're they're in on the conversation a little bit right now you will then be left behind and you know you'll have to you know catch up when you can but i think it's a great addictive game and if you're looking for something that's going to bring you back then this might be it awesome all right we're going to talk about one more game before we move on will as a strategy rpg to talk about we're going to talk all about triangles triangle strategy is a strategy and shapes making game developed by square enix and published by nintendo available right now for the nintendo switch will all right i want to hear about some triangles all right what kind of shapes can you make So the triangle in this game is every once in a while you're given some choices to make. Three choices. I do not remember the name for all three of these pillars, but there's like one of these choices is... Shit, I don't... <laughs> I, I, I knew this before we started, I swear. But you have three <laughs> choices and they, they kind of... And how you pick them and like the kind of pillar that you choose most often or whatever kind of shapes the story going forward but it doesn't tell you which one you pick. You pick, you make a choice and it's like, okay, good job. It doesn't tell you which one you've necessarily chosen, like freedom or morality. I think those are two of them, but it doesn't tell you necessarily which one you pick. And it is not always easy to tell which one it is. And I find that interesting. It hasn't really spiraled too far yet for me because I haven't had as much time with it as I'd like. But the literal triangle I have seen because you're the, you're this young lord, and my dad just abdicated his position. I'm I'm head of the household now, and he gave me he gave me these scales, and they're scales with three little baskets for weights on them. It's the dumbest looking thing in the fucking world. <laughs> and I'm like, this. How can this even, Dad? You can't do anything with this. And then so he's like, oh, but this is. Works. <laughs> Yeah, he's like this. Oh, but it's useless without these. And he gives me some coins. And I'm like, okay, sure. And he's like, give those coins to other people. And I'm like, that, that keeps them out of the scale. Dad, I don't get the scale. <laughs> Dad, what's the scale for? Because it's not for the coins. You want me to give the coins away? How did you get the coins? Like, are there more? Do I have to get them back when it's time for me to die? Like, if I die unexpectedly, is my son going to be like, hey, 
my dad gave you a quarter. <laughs> I need it back. Um, <laughs> this game is awesome. You still, you still have it, right? Um, but yeah, that's what the triangle is. And <laughs> the game itself is really making me miss Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, like, what a game. I, I, that's not necessarily a knock. It's I love Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm thinking about it while I play this game. I don't... The only reason I kind of wish it was Final Fantasy Tactics would be changing classes for characters, but this is still very good. It has some interesting little touches. Uh, you can only attack on people on adjacent tiles, but if you get a unit on either side, one can attack and knock it into the other one who hits them again. And you can set up some interesting combinations and things like that. Um, I really like it, but I like these kinds of games. If you like these kinds of games, I hope you bought it already. <laughs> if you haven't, you should. If you like the strategy RPG, Final Fantasy Tactics kind of stuff. And it's made in that HD 2D engine that I love so much. Yeah. I, I really, I am all kinds of ready for Square to put more games in this engine. And they're finally starting to, because it's fantastic. Um, and then uh, the the Live Alive remake of a Super Nintendo RPG that never made it to the West is going to be in that engine too. And that that's June, I think. So they're finally starting to put these games in this engine because that's what I want like Super Nintendo RPGs to be remade now. I want them redone that way. Well, I, I love, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics. I love strategy games. You know, I have seen the gameplay where your, you know, positioning is really important, like you said. The... The choice system, like, you know, the, in the story where you make choices is interesting because I'm someone who just will not, I have to min-max. If, if there's good and evil, I have to do all good all the time. I just have to because I know it's going to, like, do something, you know, some type of payoff. So I kind of like that it doesn't tell you. Um, would you say that you feel stunted by that, though, in the end where, oh, no, I had to pick all of you know one path in my choices in order to get bonuses or are you kind of okay with it because i kind of like that it forces you to you know to not know you know make your actual choice based on the scenario and yeah. and see just deal with the consequences yeah i like it i like it uh the choices aren't very black and white either there's not one where it's like yeah we should kill the non-believers there's not a choice <laughs> like that <laughs> not that i've experienced uh like i said i'm not crazy far so things necessarily haven't felt like they've spiraled drastically differently because of what I've chosen um I've only <laughs> I've only like stopped exited the game and come back in to reload my save to undo a choice one time mm. um every other time it's been okay but this one time this guy was like oh what do you think about this this new venture that all these three nations are embarking upon and I was like I the, the choices were like oh this is gonna be the first step to a lasting peace and I already knew that wasn't true because the chapter I was in was called Two Arms, Brave Warriors. <laughs> okay. So I was like, oh, this isn't going to go. I'm not going to pick that one. I'm not going to pick that one. And the bottom one was like, I don't know, man. You, you don't know what these people are up to. Which like, yeah, I believe that. And that's probably what I should pick. But I'm like, that's also probably rude since I'm addressing one of the people involved. I don't want to offend him. And the third one was just like, you know, everybody's going to benefit. I don't see an inherent problem with the idea. And I was like, I'll pick that one. And then he was like, yeah, we're all going to make a bunch of money. I'm glad that you're obsessed with making a bunch of money. You've got a very mercantile <laughs> mindset. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's really deep. That's so cool. Then, yeah, so then I backed out and went the other way. I was like, man, I don't know what these fuckers are up to. And he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't expect you to be that frank with me. But yeah, good point. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So there's nuance to it. Like the characters oh, are is. deep in that way. Okay. Yeah, they seem to be. The one drawback that I've heard about the game is that it's very dialogue um, story heavy in a way yes. that that's not interesting. When I played a triangle, not triangle, um, what was the other one? Um, Octo, Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Traveler. Yeah. The, I love the game. I love the music. I love the style of the gameplay, except for the nothing was compelling that was going on there was no actual real deep drama or anything like that i felt the writing was just super antiquated what do you think about the actual story dialogue writing and stuff uh the writing here is is certainly deeper than octopath traveler was uh that's a criticism i had of octopath traveler too it didn't help that octopath was eight very different stories that only sort of got next to one another they never really even touched they just kind of were adjacent in the way that, you know, they ended up tr going together, but it didn't count on you having X, Y, and Z party members for whatever. This is much more complex and involved writing, I think. Um, it, it is, it, especially in the beginning, it is very dialogue and exposition heavy, but I feel like that's a genre trapping at this point, and you kind of expect it if you know what you're getting into. Um, I do maybe wish there were a few more training exercises or some excuse early on to just fight somebody. But mm. but I do find the writing to be a lot better. Did you um, say it's egregious like other people say? The lack of, of fighting, um, the lack of action that you're in there? I wouldn't call it egregious. Okay. But I also... I kind of expect that with these games a little bit, where you're going to spend more time in story and plot development than necessarily you are on, like, the battlefield, say. So what you're um, saying is this game is more triangle and less strat... It's, it's heavier on the triangle, lighter on the strategy? It's triangle strategy, not strategy triangles. Mm, good point. Good point. <laughs> I like it. I like it, and uh, I think if you know what you're getting into and you're not exactly looking at it like... It's not going to be a Fire Emblem for you. Because A, it's better written than Fire Emblem is. B, what? Fire Emblem is like every chapter, like several areas on the map you can pick from and do fights for a while. And that's not really what you're going to get here. Mm. Adam, Im importantly, which is the worst title? Octopath Traveler or Triangle Strategy? The worst title. Yeah, of the two. I, I would say Octopath. Because mm. what the fuck does that even mean? There's eight characters, there's eight, Adam. But octopath paths. isn't a word, right? Like, triangle oh. is a word. <laughs> Strategy is a word. What the fuck is octopath? Well, That's interesting. I, that is the first time I've heard someone say that octopath is the worst name. Because both of these games did a thing where they were Project Octopath Tra Traveler and Project Triangle Strategy. And the talk around, or at least as I was exposed to it, the talk around Octopath Tra Project Octopath Traveler was like, just take the project off. Just call that. Just make the game Octopath Traveler. That's a good name. I get it. It's eight people, eight travelers. I get it. It's fine. And that's what they did. And then they did Project Triangle Strategy, and they were like, I really hope they don't do that this time. <laughs> I really hope they don't just drop the project, because this is not a very good or descriptive name. As, as someone who has not played either of these games, and as somebody who did not play Octopath Traveler, uh -huh. was there at least an octopus villain in that game? Were there any, were there any actual octopuses? <laughs> um, 
there were some tentacle monsters. I don't necessarily know how many tentacles they had. <laughs> They're called octopuses. I'm uh I'm getting I'm I'm getting um, Mabel on the switchboard. She has a question for you, Will, about this game. So Mabel, oh, Mabel, okay. go ahead when you're ready. Mm. Okay. Well, I've only found so far one usage of uh, casual in-world racism, and it's really just to set two characters up as just absolute, complete sex of shit. Um, it, it, it was maybe a little unnecessary, but, you know, they were already being fairly shitty. Oh, okay. No, it's pretty weird. Uh, wow you thought that was funny okay anyway yeah it's really it's <laughs> so the lord the whole thing starts with he's going through an arranged marriage with this girl from another kingdom whatever and and she's like and she's got pink hair and that's significant for her lineage and and that's what they're being racist about and it's weird and like she shows up and she's like what do you think about my pink hair in like a very pointed way. I was like, I think it's fine. And she was like, that's nice. And then I talked to the two shitbags when they went through their little introductory sequence and they're like, your hair makes me want to barf. Don't die. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know, Mabel, I, I think this is a good time to take a break. I don't, I don't think that kind of language is appropriate. Uh, I don't think we need to hear any more of that. So we're actually going to throw this to JB with our Discord leaderboard, and we'll be right back. It's time for another edition of Discord Leaderboard. At the Megadads Discord, we have a bot that tracks the post activity of our users, and each month, it uses that activity to determine our most active members. For this month, those members are... In third place, Kenny T 85 In second place, Chris Birdo. And in first place, Edie McDee. And our most active Megadads team member is Jason. As of the first of the month, all post counts have been reset. So get out there, get active, and maybe next time you can be on the Discord leaderboard. Each and every episode of Megadads Live is powered by Megadads Plus, our membership rewards program, and Megadads Plus has just been rebooted. So if you are interested in supporting the show and everything we do here at Megadads, go to patreon.com slash megadads and join up. It only takes $1 a month. And our plus members for this month are Julie Vernetti, Emily Smith, Brent, John DeFrancesco, Mike Salvino, Eric Jones, Daniel Fifield, Brendan Myers, Estuardo Zanteno, The Snack Network, Brandon Wilson, Constantly Calibrating, Chris Berto, Petey McDee, and Ryan Inderlead. And our Hundo P Club members who have pledged over $100 in their lifetime membership are Tony Hughes, Timothy Alv, Andy Penzik, The Bavo Yucks Dudes, Luke Lore, Jesse Waldack, The Nintendo Dads Podcast, Justin Masson, Dan Nagan, Johnny Casino, David Snyder, Dave Soto, Big Marky P, and Antonio Guillen. Thank you so much to all of our Plus members for helping us keep the lights on. 
and for paying Mabel's paycheck. Once again, if you want to join the ranks of the Megadads Plus members, simply go to patreon.com slash megadads today. Can we just take a minute to uh, acknowledge Petey McD and his uh, <laughs> ever-present contributions to the Megadads community? My God, that guy. He's, uh, he's active. You're welcome. <laughs> Where did you find this Petey McD guy? Uh, elementary school. You've known Pete that That's long? Yeah, I've known I've known Pete since we were in uh, second grade, I think. Second or third grade, yeah. He's a, he's a pouring a little no, he's fantastic. Pouring a little vodka in your juice boxes, sit, sitting behind the gym, just kind of straight chilling before <laughs> before class. Uh, no, nothing like that. Will, you've got I, on the show no, notes yeah, here um, something about a shitting wizard. And um, you want to know about shit and wizard? I want to know. I thought the people would like. I want to know about shit and wizard. So shit and wizard. I go into work one day, and I'm walking. I'm making my way to punch in for the day, and there's this bench by the front door, and there's this guy sitting on it. We get, you know, the unhoused and things that sit there sometimes. This dude is on a whole nother level. He has got. He is wearing several layers. It is not that cold out. And he's got his pack. He's there. He also has a staff that is taller than him. <laughs> and as I'm walking by, like I kind of acknowledge him, like, wow, he's kitted out. Okay, huh. So then he gets up, he takes his staff with him, and he's got these long flowing coats and jackets on. I'm like, this dude, this dude straight up looks like a wizard. And then we we pass each other. We don't really acknowledge one another, because I'm gonna go clock into work. I, you know. And me being me, I'm on the cusp of being late, so I need to go. <laughs> and he's walking the other way. He also is very intent on his business. He's focused. He's ready. He's got a mission. And then he, we pass. About a second passes, and I just smell shit. And I turn around, and he is marching straight into the bathroom. I'm like, oh, boy. And I haven't seen him since. But I call him. I refer to him as the Shitten Wizard, in the most affectionate way possible. He conjured a dookie. He conjured a deuce. So, what was your like? How far was he from you when you first detected the the shit? The summon. The shit smell. Yeah. Um, he had maybe gotten three or four feet away. Like I was oh just passing God. where he had been set up. See, people don't know this, but smell travels <laughs> at a different speed than sound <laughs> and light and all these other things. I'm very fascinated. It's very dependent by, on uh, like the density of the shit, I think. Yeah, right? like, like so basically what had happened is he had already released said shit right. at some point in the walk, right? Or maybe slightly before. I imagine so. so I mean, I, I would think like... I would think that the more calcified the turd, the less pungent the smell is going to be, right? Because, like, when you think about a really odorous turd, like they're the runnier variety, or maybe it's maybe it's mooshed. It's like wet. It hasn't been it hasn't been allowed to dry. Right. It's an egg that has not yet been uh, cracked, right? So this guy, probably the act of standing up um, and 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 summoning his staff and all of those robes, yeah. he shook something loose. And uh, it could very well be, and we've all been there, you know. Oh, of course, I, I would love to like things, the things problem. Have shifted. The, the problem with breaking down when 
this shit occurred and discussing it is you said you've never seen them again. So there's no like, like end, end game, game here. We can't definitively right. figure out. You didn't get a post mortem release point, right. right? No, I didn't. I didn't go running. I was like, hey, when exactly did you conjure the? <laughs> <laughs> so there's no follow up here. You don't know what happened. You didn't see the state of the bathroom afterwards. Nothing like that, right? Yeah, no, I I definitely stayed to the employee restroom that day. I would love for there to be a follow-up. I'd love for there to be a follow-up to this story and for me to see the shit and wizard again, but I feel like he's moved on. His journey has taken him elsewhere. Did He did what he well, came I to mean, do. The right move that Will did was not acknowledging him too much, right? Because if you're walking by and, and like if, if I saw a wizard, right? I'd be like, hi, you know, like, and that would be the wrong move, like the eye contact and kind of initiating like anything, but we'll kind of coolly. The wizard you know. will speak to you if he needs your attention or aid. I see my, my trick is that I just don't talk to anyone. So uh, how, how is it a staff? None. Like, like how is it a staff and not just a stick? It was polished. Oh my God. So he was in disrepair, but he kept upkeep his you know device i wouldn't even necessarily say dis you know disrepair he's just you know he's a well-traveled wizard his underpants were in disrepair I'll tell you that <laughs> all right here's the ultimate question about this story what's worse yeah. a well-kept highly presentable wizard who has shat himself or a very dirty covered in bo hobo with a clean pair of draws. What would you, what, what's, uh, what's worse? What's worse? Yeah. What's worse? I vote hobo um, because that's like, yeah. he's committed to, to upkeeping that. This wizard might've just had a very bad day. Yeah, like we all, yeah, you know, accidents do happen. <laughs> I, tr I try to love everybody. I don't know. I don't see a distinction between them. I love that Will's like, what did you say? The unhoused? Yeah. I like that. I like that. You know, they're between places little down on your luck i wasn't well, even necessarily implying the wizard was you know i just they do happen people do sit on that bench and i just you know i don't acknowledge them in the same way that i don't acknowledge anyone <laughs> when i'm at work the independently wealthy but still very roaming wizard. look he got that staff from somewhere and i don't think a staff like that comes cheap antonio tell me about this home remodeling that you're doing um never put feelers out there for your house like never say hey the market let's test it let's see if our home would get any bites don't do that because your house might sell in four days like ours did like we put it up and it was gone in order to get it like that i had to you know quickly do a lot of home repairs now if you're like me um you are um not well versed in home care right i feel like we're all faking it till we make it you know we're dads we're supposed to like you know upkeep the castle and stuff like that but i'm not really handy uh when i first got my drill i just started you know practicing and doing different just, things just now there's a wall <laughs> just started going yeah to i mean i you don't you you learn by doing so i you know it was fun like so you know they start hammering stuff and then you kind of move on to like trying to paint things <laughs> I don't think that's how you're supposed and, to do you know that. like I, i'm just i'm just picturing antonio like hitting a can with a hammer and going hmm okay making a note and then like 
flipping the can over and hitting it again is like interesting. Like I bought I'm a laser. A I bought a laser level and then I just like play with the cat with it just for that. <laughs> like I only use it for like leveling and like. Well, I've been like, I've been on a construction site. I can vouch that that is one of the intended uses of the laser level is to fuck with people and animals. I, I like. And I keep all my tools just in a bag, like it's not like in a toolbox. Um, it's all like, like amateur hour, right? So I had to get in there, and we were like, "Oh, there's a little bubble on the ceiling," and and I'm like, "Oh, how did that happen?" or whatever. So I got in the ladder, I touch it. Of course, don't do that. It it like bursts, like like. So now I'm like, "Oh no, our our you know we're trying to sell the house. Our ceiling is has a bubble." And it's now it's a little rip in the ceiling paint. Oh my God. So they're like, oh, what you really want to do is get it repaired, you know, just to put your best foot forward. And it turns out you can't get anybody right now to quickly do that. So I get up there and I start shaving off the paint, you know, inhaling all the God knows what, you know, that's that's been up there. There's like weird. Antonio, we've been masking for two years, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I had a mask on, but uh, white and pink dust is like in the air and it's not settling. It's just kind of floating there. And I'm just like, you know, I'm starting seeing things and like it's it's bad. So I'm, I'm working hard and it turns out when I look at the ceiling, there's this like water spot right and it turns out like we're like uh it's like discolored oh my god what do we do what do i do adam you licked it i don't know what the fuck you did <laughs> i act like i don't see it my wife's like look at that spot i'm like where <laughs> and you showed and, me a picture you know, of that spot man that was huge yeah it was, it was huge yeah so i'm like you know that didn't work so strategy one out the window and, you know, I ended up having to scrape everything off, repass or re re repaint. Like, it, it was quite uh, quite a quite an amazing thing. But I think you were like, how did you get that spot on your ceiling? Did you shit upwards? Yeah, it looked like <laughs> a like, giant shit stain on your ceiling. I was impressed. It was a little water. It was a little watermark from, from the toilet. But it, it wasn't it, you know, anything little about we, it. We figured the, the root cause of the problem. We fixed that. And then we try to repair a little bit so it, it's fun adventures in in dad like uh, one thing that i realized is our parents like didn't teach us shit like back in the day there used to be like um woodworking classes and like you know economic home economics things like that that they would kind of show you what you're supposed to do now youtube is like filling the gap of like what well, my dad probably should have taught me or whatever like how to do these things but yeah i'm trying out different things you know as as time goes on and uh you know i've electrocuted myself a couple times i've you know broken very heavy things and it, it's been fun I, it's been really fun I can that, attest mega dadding that, uh, youtube definitely is like the new age parent unfortunately my kids have learned more from youtube than they ever will from me my daughter last night was sitting uh, in the living room while we were watching a movie and she was putting a puzzle together. And I looked over at her and she's talking to herself and she goes, okay guys, today we're gonna be putting this puzzle together. So, and I'm like, who the hell is she talking to? And Elliot, my son, he goes, oh, she's pretending that she's vlogging. And I was just like, fuck it, everybody go to bed. Everybody go the fuck to bed. I don't want to talk to you for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Headlines.
This is the part of Mega Dads where we talk about hopefully relatively relevant, important news stories in the video game industry. Antonio, I'm going to have you kick it off. You've got in here a story about one of my favorite um, storytellers in the video game industry. Amy Hennig is returning to Star Wars. She's going to get yet another chance to make a game. And, you know, if you know anything about Amy Hennig, she's responsible for some, uh, was it Uncharted? Uncharted. Uncharted. So you you have this, you know, creative mind that was already starting a game i think it was i think it was the one that was going to be 1313 this uh bounty hunter um action adventure game and it ended up getting canceled quite late in development and people are salty about it they're Mm -hmm. like how could you give someone the reins to something like that get them pretty close to completion and how could you ever make a call to just not release the game instead of seeing it through so now nothing worse than getting that close to completion and then all just falls apart you mean when you mean when you're right there right there. and you're at the end yeah. and you're like it's, it's about, about to happen everybody's excited to see what happens yeah just, the, no crescendo no. as they say in the industry uh so she's working on a new cinematic action adventure game which could mean anything obviously i'm really hoping that it um and i hadn't heard anything but that it is you know 1313 revived if that's even possible you know how like ip and and assets work i'm not sure but you know it's exciting that new star wars games are coming i dabbled in um the latest um adventure game what was it a uh, fallen order uh jedi fallen order is what it was called right with the redhead um protagonist so it's really interesting that she would be brought back and the trailers for the new upcoming star wars games that are been released lately all look good but it's all high concept you know it's like what are they gonna do next to give us great star wars games i would argue that it's still a gigantically popular ip that's deserving more so i think there's six games in development at this time with uh lucasfilm games if if, i i thought i had a note here sorry about that but there's a a number in the works so a lot more star wars to come everybody so get excited because that's that's a big headline someday maybe right see that that's exactly what i was just gonna say it's like here's here's the problem that i have about getting excited about this even though amy hennig was like the spearhead for uncharted which is one of my favorite video game series ever this whole trend of announcing Literally, when the ink is yet to dry on the contract that you're going to make a thing, it's just, we're not going to see anything from this for years. And I just have a... If at all. If at all, exactly. I, I just have a hard time with... I'm all for I'm all for teasing with like a teaser video and getting excited about a thing that's going to happen in the future. I was definitely one of the people who shat myself at the Wolverine teaser, even though I know that game is years away. But, but this announcement of just, like, almost nothing, you know, that just that we are going to make a thing. I don't know. that I have a hard time getting super pumped about that. Will, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I agree. It's way too early. Um, it, you There's not even anything to show, like you said. They don't even have a teaser. And I would argue 
that even teaser trailers are too early to get excited about things. Um, certainly, things like this. Uh, yeah, this is too early. I Even if I did get excited by the time anything happened, I would have forgotten all about it. <laughs> That's a very interesting concept. Like, um, going back to the very first look teaser and what the end product like could be i i learned a lot about amy hennig and her you know history from blood sweat and pixels this uh book by uh jason trier and it really gets into development hell and like different games how they're made how long it takes the politics of it a little bit the you know crunch it talks about a lot of things and that's where i learned a lot and and she's had bad luck uh, a lot as far as getting caught in the middle of things so i i don't know um i see people getting excited for what they can get excited for which is like talent right yay we have yeah. a we have a we have a, a mind uh, at the a leader at the helm but it's like how much does that pave the way for actual success have we have we seen that i used to trust uh todd howard you know what i mean mm -hmm. like before he lied to my face <laughs> about about fallout 76 and a bunch of like um different things but you, do we put our trust in something like that and get excited? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. do, how much of a sure thing is past um, success? You know, can you strike lightning twice? What did he say? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I lightning know. strikes multiple times in the same place sometimes, but not always. And fool me once. Joke's on me. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck one goat. And <laughs> <laughs> a point for Adam. All right, my story here uh, is about the new PlayStation Plus. Um, there's a lot of buzz about what the new PlayStation Plus, Plus is going to have, what it's not going to have. Uh, and one of the new talking points is that PlayStation is going to re require any game over a certain price point of, strangely enough, $34. I'm not really sure where they come up with this with this bar, with this line. But every one of those games I mean, is, I get it. is going to... <laughs> of course, you're smarter than I am is going to require a two-hour timed trial for users who are subscribed to the PlayStation Large branch of PlayStation Plus. And yes, that's, that's how we are referring... That's how, that's how we are doing it here at Mega Dads. It's Mega Dads. Uh, PlayStation Small, PlayStation Medium, and PlayStation Large, because the other names are nonsense. I think this is... I think this is exciting. As a consumer, I think this is awesome. As a guy who is on the fence for so many different games. The fact that I'm going to be able to sample pretty much all of the AAA stuff that I might want to play, I think this is cool. I've heard a lot of takes that this is going to be putting more on the backs of developers. I've also heard more um, word that PlayStation is actually going to bake that into the system itself and they will be handling the load of that. I don't know how any of that works. So all I can speak to is, as a player, I think this is a great idea. What are your thoughts on this, Will? I mean, it's a good idea. Because if it's working the way that I think that it's working, I'm pretty sure this is how the other time trials have worked in the past. You download the full game. It's not like a special trial version or anything. And then... I, I don't know who keeps track of this time, but you play it, and then it just says, okay, you can't play anymore. Buy or get out. Um... <laughs> I'll certainly try more stuff this way. Um, 34, I feel, is a good 
I feel it's like it's a way better actually uh, price point to uh, single out because now it's not just the super high dollar stuff. It's a lot of those mid-level stuff or even ports maybe of games I haven't played before. You know, anything that's going to try to be, you know, the $35, which on paper is always $34.99 and above, I feel like that's an interesting, that's an interesting move because that's a lot of mid-tier stuff and i like mid-tier stuff it does <laughs> probably exclude a lot of indies though and that's a bit of a bummer but what are you gonna do antonio thoughts uh the, this is fascinating because it's consumer behavior like somebody at a certain point figured out that um like with xbox game pass if you give access to a library subscription style uh if you do day and date um they figured out that people would they would they would make money in the end right that it would be um successful and then you know whatever long-term financial strategy they have would would play out to their benefit right whether that's just you know harsh kind of at a loss but just getting subscribers but it was gonna meet their goals now that type of data these companies have to have and i did see some articles saying demos hurt sales but then that kind of goes in the face of like um game pass where the prevailing theory is that more people playing the game gets more people talking about the game which makes more people spend money on the game and dlc and there's just all these uh, beha consumer behavior, man. It's like, what do people do when they get that taste of a game, when they get their hands on the demo? The technology's there. Like Will said, you you know, have a certain X amount of hours or whatever it's going to be. So that would kind of take it off the devs where it's not like a dedicated separate demo. It's just, hey, you get to play the first X number of hours or whatever. That kind of solves uh, that a bit. But what if you don't want to? You know, what if making it required is kind of the opposite of like voluntarily you know getting into xbox game pass i mean i don't think anyone's ever forced anyone aside from you know microsoft studio stuff um you know the day and date releases force them to do it so it's like hey if you want to be on this store you got to do this it, i don't know you'd have to talk to devs to figure out if that's kind of gonna leave them a little salty but um it's a good thing. I've been advocating for a long time that demos should come back and then Xbox Game Pass happened and it was like, nope, don't need that anymore really, you know, but I, 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 I missed when demos went away there for a while because sometimes I just, even hearing the best informed opinions and impressions from people you trust who are like you, you just never know and, and dollars are precious and you just want to you know, put go hands on at least for a couple minutes yourself. That's how I feel about it. So I welcome demos. Um, hopefully it works out, you know, for the devs and for everybody. Um, PlayStation's kind of weird. I think this works around the demo problem a little bit because the demo problem, as I understand it, is that it's extra effort to yeah. come up with this microcosm of the entire game. And at the end of the day, like you've got the people who were excited about it and we're going to play it anyway they were going to buy it anyway. Like, you're not really winning anybody over. You're probably maybe even switching somebody off if you don't necessarily do a fantastic job with your little microcosm that's extra time, effort, and energy that you could do on other stuff. The trial, it's its the full game. The only thing is some games do take a long time to get going, but I feel like... Okay, like a two-hour 
time trial of triangle strategy, you're going to hear a lot of backstory, a lot of talking, and you're not going to do a ton of fighting. But I don't necessarily feel like you're going to lose anybody that way who, like, with even a base familiarity of what the game is, I don't think you lose anybody in that way. Um, I'm hoping that it being forced means that this is definitely uh, the Sony side managing it and handling the two-hour trial aspect of it. Because if it's not, and it is on the devs, this is this is the stupidest thing they could possibly do. Right, that, forcing it. That, that I'm hoping that forcing it means. I read a Forbes make uh, Forbes article about this, and it was all talking about how this is going to put so much burden on developers. And then immediately after reading that Forbes article, I saw a news story saying that, and I don't know, I don't know what has been confirmed. Full full disclosure there, but I, I saw a story saying that Sony was saying they were going to do all of that on the front end, so I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see, but as far as just a straight-up player perspective, I'm I'm excited about that. I plan on getting uh, PlayStation Large. Um, I am the PlayStation guy, so I mean, I'm pretty much going to get whatever they, whatever they throw at me, because I'm a whore. Um, and now Will has, Will has what would have been my new story, um, if I hadn't already picked this one. I lost my shit about this. Will, tell us what we got here. Uh, the team behind Genshin Impact, uh, <gasps> Mihoyo, is making a more... It seems like a more standard kind of JRPG game. Uh, Honkai Star Rail. And all they've really done is put out a first trailer for it. You can sign up for a closed beta. Um, I mean, I have, but... Who knows if I'll actually get in. I really like a lot. There's a lot of Genshin Impact that I do like. And I feel like the stuff that I like could be made even better in a more quote-unquote conventional JRPG kind of experience. And I'm excited about that. I'm 100% sure it's still going to be a Gacha game. And I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. But it i will admit it's probably better in genshin impact than any other one that i've played where the people i have feel viable kind of regardless so i don't expect it to be to the point where you're locked out of stuff because you physically don't have guys good enough to run stuff yeah i i i've i've put probably i don't know like i'm not a guy who puts a lot of hours in the games but i put a lot of hours in the genshin impact and i've probably spent I don't know, maybe $40 on it total. And all of that stuff is just kind of superficial things that they never force down your throat. It's just when I feel like I'm having a really good time and I've put a lot of hours into the game, yeah, I'm going to throw some bones at it and get some of the extra stuff. Um, so if if that's kind of the same mindset behind this new game, I don't see any problem with that. Uh, I love... Oh, especially the... if it's free-to-play, like Impact is. Right. That's an important distinction. That's <laughs> but true. Or, like, if you do buy transactions, that's the only money that you've given them at that point. Right. Yeah. I love the aesthetic of this like of this Star Rail game. The fact that... I mean, it kind of looks almost like Fantasy Star-like, where there's space stations and, and yeah. cyberpunk and steampunk all around. It's very sci-fi, um, and they've said that it has turn-based combat. Um, as opposed to like the more oh, wow. Breath of the Wild action adventure stuff of Genshin Impact, I saw this trailer and I had, I had no inkling that this thing was in the the works or anything, and it it looks pretty slick. It does. Very exciting. So apparently, 
It, it says, says it is a new title in the Honkai series, which I don't know what that series is, but I agree. I mean, I'm just looking at some screenshots now, and it's very exciting. I've also dabbled in Genshin Impact. I I, I move from action back to turn-based RPGs and strategy and just kind of dip between all three. And sometimes, you know, when it's done really well, turn-based is like really fun like it's really good still and and i'm hoping that if they nail a combat system then you know that would be great so when you said that you believe this is a gotcha game it's it's a free to play do we know that i don't think we know that yet but uh, i mean okay. like literally everything else the studio has done has been free to play yeah they, yeah so I, see that. I, I feel like it's a pretty safe bet but they haven't said it yeah and no, I mean, looks, and Genshin great, Impact yeah. has like, I've heard something like a ridiculous roadmap ahead of it where they've got like a decade of content planned for that game. So they are committed to these worlds and these universes. Um, so like if a person gets attached to these kind of games, you can, live them, you can live in them for quite a while and get a lot of enjoyment out of them. I've been playing Genshin Impact since the PS4. You know, I've been playing that game for years off and on. And there's just, there, there's no drought of content for the foreseeable future. Yeah. The sci-fi's got me excited, too, because I'm really ready for something to fill that sci-fi side of the spectrum from, like, an Eastern, a JRPG studio. I'm ready to see it in a, presented in a slightly different, probably leaning a little more into fantasy than you see a lot of um, Western devs do anymore, anyway. Oh, it, more of a merging of fantasy and sci-fi rather than just out and right that's that's an interesting take um yeah i mean that's borderline offensive but uh but i yeah i can see where you're coming from uh we're actually gonna we're gonna mabel, shoot mabel, what's that mabel, can i get a spot a spot of tea mabel oh shit dude you don't want oh fuck she, no oh. he didn't mean anything but no mabel you did it you really okay okay you said mabel i'm sorry i did no if you're such an audio professional this better this better sound this better sound amazing mabel for this attitude you must be paying her minimum i'm guessing right oh my god yeah i'll see you outside mabel i'll see you outside Show's almost over, Mabel. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna have her buzz in. Um, we've got, we've got Andy Penzik, our a, producer. She's got a lip on her, on her Adam. She, she just, she just walked off. Um, I hopefully she comes back. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to man the switchboard here and call up the elevator. Probably going her. to refill her depends. Dude, you, you really need to not push your buttons because. Uh, oh. No, I can see. I'm not afraid of her. I can see out the window. She's currently keying your car. So, um, let's just call Andy up. Elise, producer, pop in here. What is up, Mega Dads? It's me, Andy P, aka the Informant. Just pop it in for the producer pop in, and I gotta say, I love the new studio. View up here is amazing receptionist is so nice she offered me some Werther's Originals. I hadn't had those in forever. Oh, and I, I hope it's okay, but I, I didn't come alone this time. But we'll save that surprise for a little later. Ah, it's finally springtime and I freaking hate it. I think as a gamer I've decided winter is my favorite season. The days are shorter. It's too cold to do much outside, so 
I have the perfect excuse to stay inside and play some video games. Shout out to PSVG. But now that's all over because spring has sprung. Currently it looks like I have tumbleweeds on my bird poop covered front porch because some idiot birds are trying to build what looks to be the worst looking nest I've ever seen. Then there's the bees out there searching every orifice of my house to build their nests and ruin my life. I hate bees. It went from snowing on Monday last week to 85 degrees a few days later. What's going on out there? But it's not all bad, you know. We had a nice day the other day and the family went for a walk. And while uh, investigating some nature sounds and trying to make the, the walk educational, I accidentally walked my daughter up into a full-on toad orgy. Daddy, why did all the toads have four eyes? So many toads just going to town on one another. So yeah, a little more educational than, than I had planned for my six-year-old daughter. Hey, speaking of chlamydia, I'm currently taking the medication that treats it because I got bit by a tick a few weeks ago at my daughter's first soccer practice. I got a nice bullseye-looking mark on the back of my leg, so hopefully I don't get Lyme disease. But at least I still have my nipples. This one time my father-in-law thought his dog had a, a tick and tried to remove one of its nipples with a tick key. Ouch! On Monday, this past Monday, my daughter lost her first tooth uh, during dinner while we had company over. She spits out a bloody strawberry and proceeds to lose her freaking mind, screaming at the top of her lungs and carrying on. Meanwhile, the tooth is still partially attached, and I had to help pull it the rest of the way out while she's spitting blood into the sink. And then later that night, I had the pleasure of becoming the tooth fairy for the very first time. Who's the dumbass that decided kids should put the tooth underneath the pillow for the tooth fairy to come and collect? There's a lot on, on the line there. I mean, you mess it up and you basically mess up everything else too. So I tried to do some research before going in for the heist. There were articles online suggesting writing a note thanking the child for the tooth. And one said to sprinkle a glitter trail from the window. Fuck that. My plan was to get in and get out as fast as possible. Luckily, I was successful, and we can continue the sh charade until she figures it out and doesn't trust us anymore. It's a great plan. Other than that, things have been pretty good. I've been playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land with my daughter and really enjoying it. I've been participating in Monthly Mayhem a lot lately with the Dads After Dark guys. They're part of the Nintendo Dad group. Uh, we are currently playing Mario Golf 64, which I am absolutely terrible at, but still having a good time. You guys should totally consider uh, doing a collaboration with the Dads After Dark guys at some point. That would be really cool. I've also been trying to read more this year. I'm currently reading Words of Radiance by Brandon Sanderson. It's uh, the second book in an ongoing series called The Stormlight Archives. My wife read all the current books in the series and recommended it to me. It's really good. There's a lot of world building, mystical creatures, gods, and supernatural powers. I highly recommend it. Finally, you can find me on Twitter at The Informant, and occasionally you can see me and sometimes my daughter over at YouTube trying new food, snacks, or drinks for the very first time on the Snack Network. But while you're there, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Adam, thank you for inviting me back. I wasn't sure that would happen after the last time. And I love the new penthouse. I'm sure you, Will, and Antonio will do great with the new format. But I do hope that uh, John will be able to return at some point. John, know that we are all thinking about you and hope to hear from you again soon. 
All right, Adam. Tell your receptionist to send up the goat. What? The goat's sleeping. I guess you're just gonna have to go wake him up then, aren't you? Fucking shit! Wow, this place looks incredible, you guys. You guys have outdone yourselves. Andy, you didn't tell me these guys were rich. Holy shit, uh, I would have, you know, cleaned my nuts or something for these fellas. Ah, you know, tax time always brings a smile to my face because uh, it was the IRS that partially saved my sorry goat ass all of those years ago. I'm sure you fellas remember seeing it on the news. Old man charged with tax fraud, trying to claim his talking goat as a dependent. Then, of course, PETA got involved and they saw how I was being treated. And uh, I've been a pretty busy goat ever since. I'm sure you guys remember seeing... Uh, Men who stare at goats, that was me. Man, that George Clooney, he's a handsome fucker, am I right? Then there's uh, the goat simulator, also me. And uh, most recently, you can find my likeness as Gruff the Cranky Goat in Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Switch. You know the kids, they like the Switch with the Joy-Cons and the plumber guy and whatnot. Anyway, I'm here today because of this month's dictionary phrase, You fuck one goat! Well... You know, I come from a small village where the old man had me tied up to the pickup truck and, well, I was the one goat that everyone fucked. You'd be surprised at the different clientele of goat fuckers out there. Sure, most have long hair and big beards. No offense, Will. But you occasionally get the uh, the clean-shaven family man-looking fucks. Oh, and, uh, and one night after the old man got drunk and beat the shit out of me, uh, a bunch of high school senior boys ran a train on me. Oh, yeah. I didn't have any fight left in me after the beatings, and I just had to take it like a man-goat. I guess they didn't want to go off to college as virgins, so they fucked me instead. I guess I'm partially to blame. I've been known to yell, fuck me in the goat ass every so often, so, you know... You shout that out, you can't be too surprised when someone decides to take you up on it. Sadly, it's it's never the the ladies, though. They, they never mess with me, you know. It's always the fellas uh, experimenting and uh, getting drunk and, and, and fucking a male goat. I guess I was the only goat around, I don't know. But, you know, the, the ladies, they, they get too close. They say, oh, no, he's, he's stinking nuts. I'm not getting next to him. But, you know, I've had a lot of work done since then with my fame and whatnot, so... I'd like to think that, you know, maybe maybe the, we could get some girls up here, maybe. You guys have a nice place, maybe we'll get some drinks and whatever. What? No? You guys are too busy? That, that You're still gonna record, but you want me to leave? Okay. Well, uh, hey, you know, I you can't blame a goat for trying, right? Alright, well, uh, I've taken up enough of your time. You, you fellas carry on. I'm gonna go relieve myself in one of those lovely plants by the secretary's desk. So long. Hope to see you all again soon. Take care. Goodbye. All right. Well, this was clearly a terrible idea, and I do apologize. All right. Thanks, guys. Informant out. Today's episode of Mega Dads Live is brought to you by Marjorie Taylor Greene's Brain Wipes. Have you ever found yourself in a compromising situation because of your treasonous stupidity? Have you teetered on the edge of perjuring yourself in a court of law because you're a profoundly corrupt asshole with no dignity or moral compass? Have you ever lied directly to a judge and then seconds later been shown evidence proving that you are, in fact, a 10-inch thick cinder block of dumb fuckery and you just don't know what to do? 
Well, do we have a product for you? Marjorie Taylor Greene's Brain Wipes. Marjorie Taylor Greene's Brain Wipes will empty out what little there is left of your brain cells so that you can employ rock-solid legal defenses such as, I don't know, or I don't remember, or if you say so, because nobody can possibly prove that you attempted to overthrow the government if you don't remember doing it, right? So don't worry about pissing on democracy or wiping your ass with the American flag. Because with Marjorie Taylor Greene's brain wipes, you can have your way with Lady Liberty and forget all about it in the morning. Marjorie Taylor Greene's brain wipes, available exclusively at Walmart. <laughs> that sound you heard is the caboose. It's the end of our show. Each and every episode, we bring a recommendation for something outside of the world of video games that we recommend to you. Antonio, are you okay to, to kick us off here? Okay, so my recommendation, you know, non-gaming, is uh, a book called Neverwhere. Um, it's by Neil Gaiman. He's an English author who's also known for his graphic novel, The Sandman. And he's also done Stardust, American Gods. That's uh, some of his his IP that's been uh, made into you know TV, and uh, the Graveyard Book and Coraline. I know some people like Coraline. I haven't seen that, but he's got a great style. It's kind of a uh, a trippy you know down the rabbit hole story about the world that is unseen happening right around us and it's creepy and it's an, it's an adventure and kind of a mystery and he's just got a real great way of um pulling you along in this um twisted tale so if you like uh you know through the looking glass type stuff Neverwhere by neil gaiman is a really great um book it's you know relatively short and uh it's just it, it's got its hooks in me like my uh my brother recommended it and you know i don't i don't read very much but it got my attention so definitely suggest never wear by neil gaiman very good will what is your caboose all right so i talked earlier at the top of the show about how i've been getting back into anime and manga and things like that so i'm going to talk to you about spy family Spy Family is, it's a new show for the for the spring season. There's, I think it's four episodes out as of today. So it's still airing in its initial season. Uh, new episodes should be available in the States in like Sunday mornings. It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. It is a Cold War-ish spy story. Like, you know, the names have been changed or whatever, but it's still a very East-West Cold War kind of thing. So this spy, he's a great spy master of disguise whatever he's been given a mission that he needs to get close to a specific target but the guy's a recluse the only time he's seen publicly is at events at his child's prestigious public school so if he's gonna get in he needs to get a family together he's got to get a kid he's got to get a spouse and he's got to get them into this private school and <laughs> it's a very convoluted setup because it's anime it has to be but it pulls it off really nicely, I think. Um, the little girl is a telepath, so she knows that he's lying about all this stuff. And the in episode two, he he finds someone to be to play as his spouse, and it turns out that she is an assassin. And so neither one of them knows about the other, but the little girl knows about both. But she's fucking, she's into it. She's into it. In, <laughs> Like the the scene where they meet, um, 
they're chatting each other up, and then the little girl comes out from the back in the store they were in, and um, Yor, the the woman, she's like, oh god, he's got a family. Oh shit, I've been hitting on a married man. And then she's like, oh man, she his wife is gonna kill me, but I could probably, I could take her. I could kill her first. <laughs> <laughs> and the little girl is just like staring like, oh god. And then she's like, but I need, I need to look attached. I need a cover so that no one is suspicious of me so that I can keep being an assassin. And she's like, oh my God, the little girl's, oh my God, a spy, an assassin. Like, I'm fuck it, I'm ready, let's go. Let's make this happen. And then she like busts out into song in the shop floor about how she doesn't have a mom. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, fu- really it's like- fun, it's funny. It's right? fun, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's fun so far. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's it's not explicit or anything like that. There's been some blood, you know, because people are you know being killed and murdered and such. It happens, but it's not it's not like super graphic or anything like that. I think it's great. I loved it from episode one. And this is called what again? It's called Spy Family. It's uh, if you've got Crunchyroll, it'll be on that. It's like Spy X Family. I'm not sure if you're supposed to pronounce that i haven't heard anyone say that but it's on hulu it's on crunchyroll new episodes on sunday mornings they're fantastic sounds amazing well my caboose i'm going to recommend a podcast one of the things that i love about my day job is i basically get to sit at a desk create artwork and listen to podcasts all day long and people for the most part just leave me alone so i listen to a lot of podcasts and lately i've been hooked on a lot of true crime stuff which is kind of like uh, you know, that's cliche and, you know, the true crime uh, documentaries and things like that. But I found one that is a little bit different because traditionally, like with your serial or um, or like suspect things like that, these are telling retelling stories of crimes that are unsolved. There might be cold cases. They happened a long time ago. But I found one that is called To Live and Die in L.A. And this actually uh, chronicles a missing person story as it's unfolding, like the, the the premiere episode happened only a few weeks after this person went missing. So it's a really different kind of take on it where this journalist is working with the family, gets to the bottom of what happened to this person, and it unrolls episode by episode by episode, and it just feels more current than the rest. And this story ends up going places, and it's batshit crazy. Um, and as, you know, Typically in these kind of stories, the, the surprises aren't really surprises to the uh, to the host, right? Because they're recounting something that might have happened like a decade ago. But to hear the real time reactions of this person um, to the to the to the crime story unraveling is it really gives it a much more urgent and present tone. It is called "To Live and Die in L.A." It is a missing person, murder, suicide, family crime story that is just batshit crazy if you if you didn't know it was real you would think that it's absolutely scripted um i would recommend that if you are a true crime podcast aficionado binge that whole thing the whole season's out right now it's season one of that i thought it was quite interesting hot take This isn't going to be that aggressive, aggressive. gee. But uh, how how fucked up are we that that this is like t- 
tantalizing because this person is kind of like you know missing like not not in real time but you know it's so good because it's it's so recent like the body could still be fresh somewhere like that's <laughs> fucked up like my my <laughs> wife loves true crime and I, I like it too but you know she really loves it and it's entertainment for us right we're looking at death and we're looking at stuff like that she has a problem with violence like she can't watch like um any shows about you know gunplay and stuff like that because she doesn't like violence right but she can watch true crime so it's like as long as it's true it's fine but she won't watch a zombie movie uh because she'll have nightmares right but she wants to fall asleep to true crime and it's just wild and, and like how messed up are we that that's, this is our entertainment is this wrapped up like is the it, you said season one so it's like they started it right it was happening but is this wrapped up in real life or you don't know i can't really spoil it but more or less yes it is um a lot, okay that's, okay that's well you're fucked up with- and you 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 take pleasure in in fucking the weirdest shit adam i uh, What's wrong I, with I, I do i will say that a lot of the problem that I have with true crime podcasts is they usually are cold cases that don't get resolved. And as a listener, you're, you get invested in this story and then just like it just trails off and nothing ever happens. So this is an interesting case where there definitely is resolution um, to the to the event that it's chronicling. So you like to finish? I do. I like to finish to yeah. crimes. No, you fuck one goat. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Megadads Live. Remember, if you are a member of Megadads Plus, the show is not over. Make sure you head over to your members-exclusive podcast feed for your bonus content, which we call Megadads Live Plus. If you're not a member of Megadads Plus, please head over to patreon.com slash megadads and sign up for only $1 a month to get your bonus content today. That's going to do it for us this month for Will Antonio and for our wives who are waiting for us to finish that that didn't come out right actually I wrote that down on the script but uh it actually has a completely different connotation when I read it out loud thanks for listening and we'll see you next month on Megadads Live goodbye bye bye